Hello and welcome to uh, Booze and Bloodshed, the podcast about true crime and paranormal happenings. Um, I am your host, Susanna. And I am Cindy. Uh, and today's episode is uh, a Cindy-centric episode. Um, she's going to pre- be presenting her own case. And uh, what what are we drinking here today? Um, today we are drinking a Gold Rush cocktail, kind of um, an an old fashioned mixture. You have your bourbon, your honey syrup. And your lemon juice in a shaker. Mm -hmm. Shake it up. Shaken, not stirred. Yes. (laughs) And then served with a single cube of ice. Yes. And it's it's quite quite delicious. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, we concur. (laughs) Two two deliciouses. Would do again. (laughs) Would would try again. There you go, yeah. (laughs) Anyways, yeah, I'd I'd, uh, sip on this again. Definitely. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, today we're going uh, to look at some true crime. Um, it's a case that um, uh, actually happened in 2003 in, um, um, in a township outside of Erie, Pennsylvania. And... Um, Uh, it, it's pretty intriguing because um, there's so many layers to this to this case mm-hmm. that it's um, anyways it's pretty intriguing. Um, so first of all, uh, this case is known as the um, pizza bomber or the collar bomber case, and. It's the pizza bomber. <laughs> the pizza I'm bomber. Like, I'm imagining like just pizzas exploding everywhere and people like picking pizza up off the ground and eating it. Um, it didn't quite happen like that. No? That's, no. That's not what happened? You don't want to eat the pieces that were on the ground. <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Um, this happened on August 28th, 2003, like I said, in um, a township uh, just outside of Erie, Pennsylvania. And um, on August 28th of 2003, a man enters uh, a branch of the PNC Bank in a suburb township of Erie, Pennsylvania. And he looks kind of strange. Um, he's wearing jeans and a guest t-shirt, which, you know, is pretty normal, but you could tell there was something around his neck and on his chest. Mm. So the man, he's, he's pretty casual. I mean, he's not looking like he's, he's panicked or anxious or scared or anything. He does walk up to the teller and gives him a note gives her a note, excuse me, uh, requesting $250,000 in cash. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And um, the the bank teller tells him flat out that she does not have access to the vault, um, that no one there does at that time. Um, They do empty their drawers 
into a sack and give it to him. And while they're preparing the sack of money, he literally takes a lollipop out, a sucker out of their basket, you know, on the mm-hmm, counter and starts mm-hmm. sucking on a lollipop. Sucking on, on the lollipop. S- super cash. Yeah, super cash. Um, <laughs> so the only other thing that he has is is a cane. Um it's kind of a strange-looking cane, but it's a cane. So they give him the bag of money, and he— Did he, like, need the cane? Like, did he have, like, a walking impairment or anything? No. Like, no? No. He, just he wasn't physically style? impaired. He, he— We'll get to it? We'll get to it. Okay. Um, anyways, so he walks out of the bank, gets into his car, and instead of fleeing— the scene of the crime. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, he could have gone, uh, so the bank was on I-90, and he could have gone uh, from this location 20 miles one way on I-90 and be in um, New York or 20 miles the other way and be in Ohio. So, I mean. So he had an easy getaway. He had an easy getaway to get, you know, to get out of there. Right. And he chose not to? And he chose not to. So instead, instead he, so this is like a area of several strip mall kind of mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, shopping centers. So he goes to the next strip mall over, down just down the street, to the McDonald's. Huh. Um, he, there, he doesn't go into the McDonald's. He gets out of the car, his car, and picks up what appears to be a note from under a rock out in the parking area, gets back in his car. That's weird. Right? (laughs) What is this note? And um, so then he gets back in his car and he proceeds and he's going to another um, strip mall parking lot in the same vicinity. You could literally see the bank that he just robbed (laughs) where he's going next. And, of course, here comes... The, the, police, the police, you know, the law yeah. enforcement. And they have the make and model of his car, and, and they so they get him and they stop him. And um, they go to up to, to approach his car, and they see that he's got something on his neck. So they, you know, instruct him to get out of the car, and um, they do end up handcuffing him and then sitting him down in front of his car. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It is then that we learn that the man's, the bank robber's name is Brian Wells. He is a pizza deliverer, driver. He has been for three decades in the Erie, Pennsylvania area. That's a long time to be he's a pizza driver. 46 years old, and he's very good at his occupation. Uh, you know, if that's what you want to do, then do it. it if it and, pays the bills, you know. And he tells law enforcement that he has a bomb strapped to his neck. Mm-hmm. And he has to go on a scavenger hunt. He's got these notes in his car, the scavenger hunt that he has to follow in order to find the keys to remove the collar bomb. Oh God! Um, it's, How's this guy like staying like calm? Like, oh, he, he in the in the um, in the video that I've watched, he is. He doesn't seem panicky. He's staying, you know, he's sitting there. Um, he's he. Initially tells them that he was um, attacked by a, 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 some black men, held at gunpoint, and they put the collar on him and told him he had to, you know, gave him the instructions to go to go rob this and that mm-hmm. he, he needs to find the keys to unlock it. 
through the scavenger hunt. Seems very elaborate. It's... The police don't know what to make of it. So they're waiting for the bomb squad to get there. Well, because of... um, Prior to this, they had blocked off streets because they... You know, the right, big yeah, heist. Yeah, creating a And so safe you've zone. got you've got the police, um, you've got the FBI, you've got the ATF all involved. So the streets are getting blocked off and the bomb squad can't get in. Oh god damn it. Of course. <laughs> and so he is they've been sitting there. He's literally been sitting on the ground for twenty minutes. Um, police are have have a surround him and they are standing back behind their vehicles mm-hmm. and the bomb starts ticking. Around his neck, it starts making a beeping noise. Oh, that's unsettling. And and he he then he starts panicking. He's like, "This thing is it's, it's going to go off. It's going to explode. I gotta I gotta go. I gotta get on. You know." Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and um, then boom, the bomb explodes. Oh oh no! Did not kill him instantly. Oh no! That's like worse. But Somehow. it did, uh, he did succumb, sus, succumb to his injuries mm-hmm. and did uh, perish there on the site. Oh, my gosh. And the bomb squad arrived shortly after he passed. Oh, man. At this time, they don't know, authorities don't know, is the bomb, is there, is there more to it? Mm-hmm. Is what is going on? Yeah. So the bomb squad, you know, in their gear and everything, and they get up there and... They are, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's pretty horrific. Not, they, they cannot get it undone. They're like bomb. The, the collar. Yeah. They said thing. it was, it was kind of like, like a, the way it fastened around his neck was like handcuffs. Oh. And, and then it had this plate on the, on his chest. Mm-hmm. So when the bomb exploded, the plate in the back uh, basically went into his his chest and and heart oh. area, and, and that's and those. Oh, and he didn't die immediately. He didn't die immediately. Oh God, that was probably a painful death. I yes. Well, it gets worse for Mr. Wells, the uh, the victim here, mm-hmm. or is he a victim? It's it's strange. The bank robber slash victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So not knowing what else is with. With the bomb, what's going on? They don't know how. They don't want to transport the uh, Mr. Wells's body with it still at- on. Right. Yeah, because they don't know if it might go off again or like a so second the bomb. Only, or- so the solution they come up with is they decapitate him. Oh, that's there nice. On on the, S- the little s- the, side the show. street, the the parking lot where he passed. Did they like at least like? Like set up some like blocking. So that, like, just no, like, I no don't know. From from the from the um, from the news footage that I see, th- th- you you can't. They don't obviously show that mm-hmm. that portion, but they do have a shot of him, and he is in nothing but his whitey tidies. On the, and I was like, why, why did they would you sh- cover him? Yeah, why did... Well, I guess I can understand why they would strip him to make sure that he didn't have any Anything other... else on, but, but to once leave you, like, him discover, out? Yeah, like, once you discover that he's not carrying anything else, like, you could at least put a towel over him. Like, my God. Right. He's dead now. So, so the police, they can't... They, 
there's no rhyme or reason to this to this robbery. Mm-hmm. They can't. They don't know if if Brian Wells was in, involved in this. If he was um, a, a victim. Right. Did they start like looking into like his past and stuff, like seeing why he would have done this? Well, um, actually, uh, they did, and and he was a single man, lived alone with his three cats. <laughs> um, he rented a, a house from um, an elderly lady. Uh, the house was like in the back of her property, and she's like, he's quiet. He keeps to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, never any problems. So they um, went to the to the pizza establishment that he worked at, and you know to get where this delivery, his last delivery, was going to, mm-hmm. and and really kind of um, a bizarre. His 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 delivery was to a um, a telecommunication tower. The delivery he was for the pizza. So it wasn't even a house. It wasn't like, a house. No. Or like a park or something? No, or, no, no. And according to the owner of the um, pizza establishment, he actually took the call and he was having trouble, you know, understanding what this address was. So Brian Wells, um, the man who robbed the bank, took the phone call and I guess... Like worked it out? Worked it out or figured yeah. it out so we knew where to go. Uh-huh. Um, and th- like- it didn't know that it was a telecommunication, but oh. this address. Okay. And, you know, and this was, so two, 2003, I mean, it's you, we didn't have smart. Did we have cell we phones? Well. We had cell phones, but not smartphones. We didn't have smartphones. Right, yeah. So it's not like, you know, I mean, we this is, like you're Google still Maps looking at a, on, a, on a map, you what know. Was, what was that one where we, uh, where we like actually printed out like the directions and stuff. What was that? MapQuest. MapQuest. MapQuest, baby. Got a MapQuest in, mm-hmm. man. Turn right, turn left, the little <laughs> arrows. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's how it was, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. He, he could figure out where this was at. So he was going to deliver the pizzas. Um, and some, so, so then all the, that they really know is that he told them when he was delivering the pizza, he was attacked by a group of black men. They put this... Um, collar bomb on him, gave him it's a four-page letter, elaborate. Four, page four pages. Yeah, because there were several stops that he would have to make on his scavenger hunt in order to find the keys to unlock this. Dude, like, how much time did he have with this, like, bomb strapped He didn't know, but the thing is, when we was in the bank, he wasn't panicky, he wasn't like, right. this thing's gonna blow, or anything like that, you know? He, like I said, he, he took wasn't a even lolly- like nervous. He took a lollipop out and, and yeah. sucked that while they waited for him to fill the money bag. Like, Extremely. if I had a bomb strapped to myself, I would, in the very least, be nervous about Extremely it. Extremely bizarre. And the other thing that makes this story fishy is that the cane that he had in the bank during the robbery was actually a gun. So he had a gun on him? Yes. Wait, how do you hide hide a gun in a cane? It it was was a shotgun that had been um, reconfigured, and it looked like... A big old black cane. Oh. And so why would you arm this person? Yeah, like, what, you put a bomb on them and you you give them a gun? And then he's not going to turn around and shoot you? Right, yeah. If you got jumped by somebody and then they're like, oh, we put this bomb on you. Also, here's a gun cane thing. 
that you can take <laughs> into the bank with you. <laughs> like, in case you have any trouble. Yeah, like. But don't shoot us. Yeah, like any probably normal person would immediately, like if that was the situation, they would immediately turn and like at least attempt to shoot. The other, I mean, maybe they also had guns and were like, you know, had them trained on them. Yes, I mean, there, there's, there could be a thousand scenarios. Possibilities, yeah. If my life was on the line, like if someone strapped this and told me it was a bomb, and then they gave me a weapon, I would be, I would be like fighting my way out there. Because the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to shoot me, but. They're going to blow me up anyways. At the very least, you could try and escape and like make it to some police station or yeah. some some sort of emergency services yeah. to like hopefully get the bomb off of you. So it's it's uh, they really have they really have no leads. They aren't they can't figure out what's going on. Yeah. So um, and it and it was a news frenzy. I mean, the pizza uh, bomber color bomber was on. Um, it was on local news stations. It made it to nationwide um, uh, programming as well. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was because it was such a mystery. It was what was going on. That's interesting. Do you remember ever seeing this back then? Um, I do not. I I don't re- recall it. Um, so we didn't really live anywhere near but, that. But like, I guess uh, one of the, it, it was they did an episode of America's Most Wanted uh-huh. um, to try and find out more information on this. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, two thousand and three, I had three little kids and no time. <laughs> that, fair enough. Yeah, I would have been <laughs> like the news then. I would have only been like what, like six or something? No, seven. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere Anyways, so I, I don't recall it in the in the in the media, um, but anyway, so they they're stuck. Um, so then, next thing is um, excuse me, on September twentieth of two thousand three, so roughly five weeks after mm-hmm. the robbery. Um, 911 receives a call about a man who has a dead body in his freezer. What? <laughs> right? Right? How, how, how does that phone call go? Hey, so, uh, I found this dead body in this guy's freezer. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> what? So, 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 so back, back it up. Um, the the guy's name is William Rothstein, goes by by Bill. Um, he is a local handyman, um, also teaches shop in some of the area, Erie area high schools. Um, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And um, he he's from, he's born and raised in the Erie area. His father um, managed the, um, the Rolla Cola bottling company, um, 30 years and you know he grew up there and Mm -hmm. everything um and he he's calling because he wants he doesn't know what to do he's panicked um so wait this is his own freezer that he's calling in his own house oh okay yes and so of course they are trying to ascertain 
and keep him on the phone um, as to what's happening. And right, yeah, but he well, said, you well, have a uh, dead body in your freezer? Like my a, oh. ex-girlfriend called me and told me that she had shot and killed her boyfriend and asked me to help dispose of it. So we put it in my freezer. <laughs> so he's admitting to you, like... Yeah, a, so a he comp- actually had to go whatever, over like- to to his ex-girlfriend's house to get the body, to bring it back to his house, and, put and it then in the freezer. put it in the freezer. Nice. And now she's pressuring him to put the body through a meat grinder to get rid of everything, and he's like, I can't do that. <gasps> like, I, physically, I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> like, the, no. Um, <laughs> and so he, he says he's he's fearful, Um of of his of his ex ex girlfriend, um, um, and well, I mean, if she already killed one boyfriend, who's to say she wouldn't <laughs> kill him? Uh, well, he 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 um, he, he was so fearful that he considered suicide. Then he couldn't go through with that. Um, oh, so wow. now he's calling the police. He doesn't know what to do. Uh huh. So they give him an ad. So he's he's like, well, where where do you live? You know, mm-hmm. are you there? Yes, I'm I'm here. So he gives his address um, of eighty six forty five Peach Street in Summit Township in Erie County, Pennsylvania. Hmm. And they're like, why does that sound familiar? Is that going to be the same address as the pizza delivery? Right next to the telecommunications um, center is right next door. Okay, that's a to little Mr. Rothstein's house. It's a little, so like, a little too coincidental there. Oh, that's why this is familiar. That's just really odd. Yeah, that is really odd. So um, when they arrived there, um, he, Mr. Rothstein led the police, the authorities. Down through his basement, this man is obviously a huge hoarder. There were bits, pieces, notes, paper, everything. Oh. Um, he was very talkative on the way down to the freezer area. So he was like just totally chill. He's like, "Yes, yeah, so um, let me come show you my freezer here with the dead body." Oh, he was. He would talk about you know, oh, you know, careful. This I have. Um, you know, whatever type of equipment or whatever I have storage here. Just just very talkative, very informative. Like, like you were afraid, so afraid you were going to commit suicide and now you're chatting us up. Right. Okay. Like he's acting like he's just going to go show them, like, his baseball card collection or something. Yeah, like. yeah. It's, it's, it's bizarre. So he gets down to the freezer, finally makes it back through all the, the clutter and stuff. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, there is a body in his freezer. It took four days for the body to thaw so that they could, before they could even remove it from the freezer. Oh. Yeah. It was so frozen in. Oh, my God. How long had it been in there? Um, come to find out, it had been in there for five weeks. Suspicious. Because that's when the bombing was... The- Neck bomb thing was yes. right five yes. weeks ago. It's funny how this is all kind of. This is thing. way too coincidental now. First right. the address and now right. 
this body. But the police didn't really think they were related. And here's the kicker on this one. So as I said before, he was so panicked he was going to commit suicide. Right. Well, they found a suicide note in his house. He kept it? (laughs) And the first thing on the suicide note, it said that he had nothing to do with Will's death. What? Okay, and they didn't connect it? No, he didn't say... He didn't say pizza bomber. He didn't say collar bomber. He, he said, said with Wells, Wells, like the actual death. guy's name, his last name's death. Yeah, that's the first thing on his on his on his. Uh, and they, they didn't suicide put note. two and two like regardless no, still, of and and the location. Yeah, the location. The no. fact that this guy had been in the freezer for five weeks. Right. Like, no. No. What? Come on. Anyway, You'd so, have to be at least a little suspicious. Uh, like right. Like you can't completely disregard that. Come on. <laughs> so they did they take him in for questioning and that's when, that's when they find out that it has been 5 weeks. Um and he also melted down the murder weapon. What was um, the murder weapon? The murder weapon was a Remington 12 gauge shotgun. So oh. he 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 melted that down to get rid of the evidence. For his, wow. for his ex girlfriend. I mean, that's smart, but terrible. And that's the thing. Mr. Rothstein is is above, um, above average intelligent. He is. Um, he's pretty arrogant. As most. People um, and he <laughs> always sees himself as as the smartest person in the room. Oh, one of those. Yes, yes. Um, and um, the, the, the police kind of, they, they classified him as being a fractured intellectual. So what does that mean? Um, they say a fractual, fractured intellectual is people um, with well above average intelligence mm-hmm. but are not socially or mentally well. Uh, okay. Yeah, I feel like that's fairly common with like high intelligent people. Yes. Yes. Um, and and he he by outward appearances, I mean he yes he was uh, more reclusive, a hoarder, mm-hmm. um, handyman kept to himself. You know, so he wasn't wasn't a social butterfly. No, no, wasn't wasn't a social butterfly. So in this, in the, in the meantime, and now the body's freeze, thawing out, and, mm-hmm. and um, they find out that uh, the identity of the the person, the murdered man in the freezer, his name is James Roden, and James Roden happens to be the current boyfriend of Marjorie Deal Armstrong. Mm. So Marjorie and Bill Rothstein, they dated. Um, in the early 70s. They were actually engaged. Oh. And then That's he, like a long time ago. They kept in touch? Well, he called off the engagement okay. because um, of her mental um, problems. But he called her every now and there just to make sure she was okay. <laughs> okay. So, so he, she has <laughs> mental problems, but he's not going to recommend her going and getting help. But he's still gonna check in on her just to make sure, right, that she's okay. 
And what's adds here here's another layer to this. So in the time between from when they were engaged and then the engagement's off, mm-hmm. um, Marjorie has committed one murder. When they were engaged? No, this is after. Oh, okay, so her, after her, their engagement? Her, uh, uh, Boyfriend um, in 1983, uh, she uh, unloaded six shots into his chest huh. because she felt threatened and scared. Oh, so you needed six shots. Six shots. Okay. Um, and Marjorie has a history of mental illness. Um started it 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 uh, showed itself as anorexia when she was um, a pre-tween, a preteen mm-hmm. um, about the age of 12 um, she was an only child her mother was a school teacher in the Erie uh, school system and really expected uh, perfection Okay. From from Marjorie, okay. um, whether it was her school, um, she I believe it was the cello that she played. So musically, mm-hmm. um, she really expected perfection. Perfection, and so a way to um, have some control over her life. When she was twelve, thirteen years old, she had uh, became anorexic. Interesting. Yeah. So um, I don't really like have anything to do with like how she looked or like. No, no. Um, by all accounts, as a young person, as a young woman, she was extremely attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and to have her tell it, she had many, many men were interested in her. Mm. Um, so. Throughout her adult life, she kept trying. She 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 thought something was not right with her, and so she did seek psychiatric help. Okay. Um, and she really wanted a diagnosis of um, of um, excuse me schizophrenia or um, a, a personality disorder. So she uh, bipolar wanted yes because what she really was after was to get the um, social security because she said she couldn't work any of these things so um, and she had a way about her she could treat people so badly and and be um, just just basically a huge bully and that's how she was all of her life to get her way Interesting. So kind of like like a master manipulator. Oh, so very much so a manipulator. Very much so narcissistic. Um, and they say anybody that would listen would t- she would tell you about how smart she was, how she graduated uh, in the top of her class in high school, how she went on to have a bachelor's in sociology and a master's in, in education. And about the time she was finishing her schooling, when she uh, was about 23, then um, she, she started having more, more mental problems, could not hold down a job. She worked as a secretary at several different um, locations throughout Erie, um, but had trouble with the job. And, and um, it would, but it never was her, you know, it was, it was someone else um, 
bothering her, pressuring her. Oh, of course. It was never her fault. No, no. Um, anyway, so so she has she has a, a, a long history um, with mental illness and now and, and as well with the law. As a matter of fact, her attorney um, uh, for her her criminal case um, in 1983, he said that she should have never been f- fit for trial, declared fit for trial. Oh. She should have been placed in a mental institution uh, for the rest of her life. So she was she was wow yeah. But if even the like just the lawyer thought that her like, lawyer, yeah, and her lawyer, not like the prosecutor or anything like who that, who is a well-known defense lawyer. Oh wow! Uh, in in the in Erie, huh? Anyways, but that was his 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 feelings. Is that? But they did they did uh, deem her competent to stand trial, and she basically got away with it. It was it was. Um, Wait, how'd she get away with it? It was self defense. Anyway, so so go on, you know. Fast forward, then mm-hmm. um, after after this incident, um, she met the the love of her life, man, the last name Armstrong, and she would tell you that it was the love of her life. That's why I still carry his name. She went by Marjorie Deals Armstrong. After that, well, he ends up dying about twenty two months into their marriage. Mm-hmm. From a fall and a, a cerebral hemorrhage. Hemorrhage. Where? How did he fall? Or where did he fall? Like what? In their house. Like down the stairs. I off could a not balcony? ascertain like, like, where exactly or how. Okay. Um, but I mean, it would have she, to have been at least down the stairs. She, um, Marjorie, was was not um, ever. Um, Convicted or, or you know, arrested or anything in mm-hmm. in conjunction with with his death, uh, she did start getting kind of a reputation for being Black Widow around Erie. Um, well, I mean, she's two for two, so yeah, yeah. So now, several years later, she is she's killed James Roden, who was her current boyfriend at the time, mm-hmm. and stuffed him in a freezer. You know, very lovingly. So, so the next day after the phone call from from R- Rostein, um, Marjorie Dale Armstrong was arrested and charged with the murder of James Roden on September twenty first, two thousand three. And at this point, the police are still not. They're not still connecting. not connecting. No, they're not. They don't think it's connected. Even though Rothstein, he said when he was when he was talking to him that he watched their their um, their evidence team at the telecommunications center because it's basically out of his backyard, right? Yeah, you know. And um, and during this time, he he was um, he was cooperative. You know, he let they. He let uh, uh, investigators into his house again, mm-hmm. um, and um, it's very interesting that he hasn't been arrested yet. No, he hasn't been. I very, mean, I know he's been very cooperative, which is great, but like he's still technically an accomplice mm-hmm. of some sort. Mm-hmm. Like, 
So. So. Um, during this time, after after, so he was he was he he wasn't on the radio. Rothstein wasn't on the radar. Okay. And neither was Marjorie. I mean, she was in jail because of uh, waiting trial on the death of of Mr. Roden. Right. Um. And and so uh, they they still weren't together on this, and um. Shortly after this, um, Rothstein was diagnosed with uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And he started having, of course, medical conditions and... and um, Treatment. Treatment, yes, yes. And one thing that they thought was, was odd was during this treatment, all of a sudden this blue Astro minivan showed up in his driveway. And this blue Astro minivan was also seen at, at the um, bank robbery, the site of the bank robbery. Oh. Same license plate and everything. Oh, interesting. But when they initially were at Rosenstein's house after the call mm-hmm. about the body, there, there wasn't an Astro van there. Did he have any vehicle, or um, he did? He he did have a, a vehicle that he did his handiwork with, but but not you know not that no in the vehicle. garage, not in anything. But then it's it, it showed up again, and they were like, "Hmm, where'd this come from, sir?" <laughs> well, unfortunately for solving this crime, I guess fortunately for Mister Rossing, he he did succumb to his cancer. And died mm-hmm. July twenty third of nineteen or two thousand and four. Excuse me. Okay. July twenty three, two thousand four. So. So they don't know. No. So this van comes back onto his property. Interesting. And it is, it is registered to him. It is his van. And okay. come to find out that um, he was having some money problems. With his family. So he had two siblings, a brother and a sister. And the house that he lived in, the property that he lived in, actually belonged to his parents. Okay. Their parents. The siblings were pressuring him to sell it um, because they wanted their inheritance. Right, yeah, to split it amongst Mm -hmm. all of them. And Mm -hmm. and he didn't want to. Mm -hmm. Um, So so this comes up, you know, kind of out in the light that he, he needed money to be able to buy out the portion of his brother and sister's portion of, of the estate so mm-hmm. he could keep it. Um, and this van, now that was at the scene, um, is now registered to him. Was it like, could they tell if it was like recently registered to him or like had no, he it, had it, it for it had a while? been. Yeah, it had been. It, it was his vehicle. Huh. But it didn't. It didn't really. It just showed up at his house, and then you know, with all the, because there was there was a, a ton, a slew of, um, a video, um, and then surveillance from because, uh, bank parking lot. Right. And right, so yeah. now it was like, hey, there's a van. There's a van. That's the same license plate. Right. 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 This guy called. This is next door to. <laughs> where the now they're finally putting it yeah, together. Yeah, so they're starting to put it together. Anyway, so so now you've got, um, but they're starting to think that maybe Rothstein and 
and and um, Marjorie had something to do with the pizza bomber, color bomber, right. Brian Wells. Um, but they're not exactly sure. So Marjorie, she's still in jail. She's waiting um, trial. her trial, mm-hmm. yes, for the murder. And um, so it wasn't until January of 2005 that— oh God, this is um, like a year and a half later? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Um, she pled guilty to, to murdering James Roden. Well, and of course, couldn't really fight of course, that one. <laughs> claim, of course, uh, claimed that her mental illness was at, at fault. Mm, of course, and, it and couldn't that, be her fault And ever. that uh, she was afraid for her life. Um, but Was there any, like— Proof of reason for her to be afraid of her life? Like, did like was she abused by him? Or like- um, so she, I guess the the healthiest relationship she probably ever had in her life was, was Rothstein. Okay. Um, but then that was not that healthy. It just they didn't beat each other up. But in her all of her other relationships, there was there was abuse, uh, physical abuse, mental abuse on both sides. It wasn't one way. Huh. Um, she could she could deal it out verbally, viciously, very well. I was say, I mean, being an intellectual like that, I could imagine. Yes, and and actually, um, in in the um, footage that I watched, um, yeah, she she had a she had a pretty vicious tongue, and she could turn on you if you didn't see her things her way. Um, she had a long term relationship with a. With a um, a newspaper man throughout her her whole incarceration, and um, and and if if he did not agree with her or saw things differently, she could just turn on him. And and um, oh she also had uh, was diagnosed with called pressured speech, where it's just a need that you need to talk and talk and talk and talk, and you just you just can't shut up. And um, like huh. her first attorney, um, when she was on trial for for murdering her first boyfriend, um, he said he she would call his home phone number, and literally just talk for hours. Oh my god! Hours. Okay, first of all, don't give her your your home phone. Number. You know. <laughs> Although I guess back in those days, you could just look it up in the phone book if you knew their name. But yeah. Anyways, but but this pressure so and then when she turned it on you, it was vicious. Dang. It was really vicious. Um, so, so as I just said, in January two thousand five, she she pled guilty to um, the murder of of James Roden, and uh, she received it was seven to twenty years. Um, it's an interesting range. But yeah, okay. yeah, and so um, then. In April of 2005, um, she finally said that the robbery and the murder were related, and she was okay. one, she provided this information in exchange for a transfer to um, Cambridge Springs uh, Minimum Security Women's Prison, about okay. 49 miles south of Erie. So it got her closer to home. Okay. Um, and and she did she did say that that the robbery and 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 murder were related. So now they're like, oh, 
Okay. Now we're going to investigate it because she confirmed it. Yes. <laughs> and then for a, a long time, though, um, what I later found out was that during her incarceration for these these two years, um, a lot of times she was had been seeking mental help. So, so the the police, the FBI, they couldn't question her. They couldn't talk to her. Oh, um, she basically was off limits to any type of visitors because of her mental status. Hmm. I um, mean, I get it, but that sucks. Yeah, yeah, and it really hindered the case. Mm-hmm. So then when she decided that she wanted to move, um, then that's when she she fessed up there. Right. I was kind of wondering because I'm like, some, somebody like this is not going to just give up information just willy-nilly. Like, no, no. She it, wants it was, something. It was, it was yeah, definitely a tit for tat. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so she, she was moved, and um, and she, like I said, she was a very intelligent person and thought that she could outsmart everyone, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and manipulate everyone. But with the pressured speech, when she was in inside the prison, she started talking to other inmates. Oh, some of these inmates come forward? And yes, they did. One inmate had, it was like 24 pages of documentation that she had taken. Oh, my God. And um, where uh, Marjorie had confessed to saying that, that, that that's when she said, she said, well, well, Wells was in on it. How do you think we got his neck size? Huh. And you know, and and all, and it just, just, just crazy. So, came to be. What they find out is that there was a group, and they called themselves the Fractured Intellectuals. <laughs> okay. Right. So they're very self aware. Oh uh, yes, they're very self aware. They were sick. Um, and and, and, and smart, of. which apparently is a deadly combination if you're, if you're the one that's not so smart. So yeah. Um, yeah. how, this, how this, this, this group came to be known to the police was by a man named Kenneth Barnes. Well, Kenneth Barnes was a TV repairman. Okay. Also a crack dealer. Oh, you know, got to... And also a fishing buddy of Marjorie's. Great. So she had a crack-dealing, TV-fixing fishing buddy. Yeah. Great friends. Great friends. Who also would let a room in his house be used by prostitutes who then would be paid in crack. Okay. And <laughs> what? Mr. Wells frequent this establishment. Oh, and so that's how they met him. Yes. So he was just trying to get his rocks off and he would got pay blown for up. sex with buying crack cocaine for the prostitute. And that's Mr. Fun. Barnes was was kind enough to let them use his house. So kind. So kind. Real great guy. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so he gets arrested um, for dealing crack, and 
decides that uh, he's got some information on Marjorie mm-hmm. and the pizza bombing. Get a little deal. That he's going to get some deal. Mm-hmm. So he gives he he gives the lowdown. He he claims that Marjorie was the mastermind, and she needed the money because she had initially asked Kenneth Barnes to kill her father, who was still living. Because oh. her father, her parents had amassed a, a, a sizable estate in their, their time. They had, mm-hmm. She was one child, so that was her money. Right. And currently, her father, since her mother had passed, was giving away her inheritance. Oh, donating no. it to, to, giving it away to other family members, to friends, to um, charities. Heaven forbid he be and, phil- and, thramp- phil- philanthropic. <laughs> yes. So uh, uh, apparently his estate was valued at uh, $1.8 million. And Ooh, that yeah, was her money that he was he was spending. So he, she... He was spending her money. Okay. Spending her inheritance. Not it, that he spent his life building that. Nope, nope, none of that mattered. None of that mattered. It was her money. It was owed to her. She was her only child. Oh, it was her right. Entitled people, man. Her um, legacy that, that this should be hers. And it would solve all of her problems if she had this money. And she wouldn't be living in squalor. And she wouldn't um, it, it would just solve all of her problems. So she... Um, she um, asked Kenneth Barnes to kill her father. And um, why wouldn't she just do it? I mean, she's already got well, two down. She, so. You know, she's manipulating. That's fair. She, she can't. She, also, it'd probably be more likely that they would look at family members. Well, yeah, they're the first. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so he, he's spilling his guts now because he's on charges of um, prostitution, and coke crack. dealing yeah. crack. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he's, he's spilling his guts. And he said Bill Rothstein was also involved in this. He wasn't the mastermind, but he made the bomb. Oh. And so he's um, not as so innocent as no. he And he tried said he can't. Paint. He said the only the, the reason why he thought um, Bill was probably involved, uh, got involved in the first place, is because he thought he was smart enough to outmaneuver, outsmart the police, um, con them, um, and basically get his rocks off before he dies. He knew he was sick. Oh. Uh, so he really had nothing to lose. He, he was going to. He did not have long to live. Right. He was going to die either but way. But he thought he was so superior in his mental ec- intellect that he could manipulate the whole thing and and get away with it. Um. But like, why? If just, you're going to die anyways, just like, just I I would just say for fun? just just for like I said to get his rocks off to one last hurrah or one last fuck you to everybody, you know? Huh. I yeah. That was so weird. And also involved in this group was James James Roden. And the reason that Marjorie killed him oh. is because he got cold feet and threatened to go to the cops. So they weren't actually together together. Or were they? And they just yes. were also in this group together. Yes. yes. Okay. So they were okay. currently boyfriend-girlfriend. They lived together. Oh, okay. And that's when she killed him. But they were also both in this 
fractured. Yes, they were. They were in this group, and they okay. were um, plotting this this heist. Damn. Because um, she needed the money mm-hmm. to pay Barnes um, to kill her dad. Yeah, didn't didn't. It didn't really. I couldn't ever really discover why James um, Roden was in on it, other than maybe because he was there, became mm-hmm. a conspiracy. I don't know. Maybe maybe he had some sort of skill set that was useful. I guess. Yeah, didn't really say. Interesting. Um, anyways, but and then there was one. There was another person. Um, it's kind of a big group. What do we got? Like, f- f- and they four are all messed up people. people now. Four or five people. So at the time of the of of the of the pizza robbery, and the time that Rostin called the police saying he had a dead body in his freezer, living in his home with him was also a convicted rapist. Oh man, these guys keep great company. They, I tell you what, it's a team effort. <laughs> <laughs> Floyd Arthur Stockton Jr. was living with Rothstein at the same time. At the same time as where did he live amongst all the clutter? Huh? I said where? Where did he live amongst all that clutter? Though like, I, I, I don't know. He had like his own little Harry Potter closet. And and so by this time that this by the time this comes out, well Stockton he's in prison in Washington State for allegedly raping a child. And well, that's like halfway across the country, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is this is now, you know, two years later. Or no, this is all the way across the country. We're in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but he he's he's incarcerated <laughs> because he's a sweetheart, and oh, that, yeah. and then they also did say that um, Brian Wells was also in on it, but that he didn't think the bomb was real. So that's why he was calm. Yes. Okay, because he thought it was like some right, play. and that he would go on this, you know, this kind of crazy scavenger hunt, and then he was because the police actually met. Oh, I forgot this part. My bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the so the police actually they got the scavenger hunt, you know, out of his car, and so they had went to other spots, and the last place where we were supposed to get the final key. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a it was a field. It was in a rural area, and the blue Astro van was at that area. Oh, and it came towards them, and then it backed away and and, and, and left. Left, and the way how they were on the uh, they they didn't have a, a way view. yeah to no or a way to. To go after him. Oh, oh, okay. You know, but were they able to like see into the van to like see who was driving? Well, they could tell that there was, they could tell that there was a person or, person and a passenger in the van. But okay, but, but they couldn't it. get. But they couldn't. No details. No, okay, no. but the van, and then you know. Mm-hmm. So this. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, so wait. They still. So they. Saw the van at Rothstein's. Knew it was at the bank. And saw it at the last stop on the scavenger hunt and still didn't think for sure that they were, like, connected? Nope. They, they still didn't think he was connected in it at, that, at the time. Not until, not until Marjorie wanted to be, wanted to be transferred Bruh, and she, like, she started. And, and this was after his death. Right. You know, right, right, so right. 
Um, that is how do you, I don't I don't understand how you can like disregard that. Connection. I don't know they to their to their. I mean, maybe it's different in the moment. I guess like. But the FBI but, said that they're they their um, their access to her was very limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and a basic about the only time that they could really get in and talk to her was when she wanted something. But she was trying to negotiate for something. Right. That's the only time she's going to give any sort of information. So, um, finally, in 2008, Marjorie Deal Armstrong is goes on trial for um, the death of Brian Wills and the bank robbery. Wow. And this was like five years later. Yes. After the whole ordeal. After after. The, the incident, I guess? Yes, yeah. the bank robbery, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she, again, tried to play her mental illness card um, on it, and the judge finally said, there are many people that live with mental illness but do not kill. Right? Like, I know people. That live with mental illness and yeah. have caused absolutely no harm onto others. So like. she was sentenced to life in prison plus 30 years for the um, murder of of James, of her boyfriend. Dang. Of James. Yes. So she's not getting out. She's not getting out. Does she have any chance at parole or is she just life? No, it's life. No chance. No nice. chance. Um. So, but she does try and negotiate through the years. She does try and negotiate um, to get, you know, moved to different facilities. Um, and uh, so she, she does work with the police. I don't know if it's really work with him. I think she was thinking she was manipulating them to mm-hmm. try and get what what she wanted. What she wanted. Yeah. Um, but she would let, because of her pressure speech, she would let things slip that she didn't want to have slip. Mm-hmm. And then um, then her anger would, would burst out. Um, so she remained in prison until her death in 2018. Oh, well, wow. She actually, Not too long ago. No, not that long ago. She actually, um, she died uh, of, of cancer. And before her death, she was transferred to uh, an inmate hospital down in Texas. Okay. Um, and she really was trying to um, leverage a way for her to get back to Pennsylvania be moved back to Pennsylvania before she died. Oh, so she would be, like, buried there or whatever? Right, but she was not. Um, she died, and she is buried um, at the prison graveyard in Texas, where she was incarcerated in her last year. Ha, that's what you get. You don't get to be buried where you want to be. Um, Brian Wells' family, his, his, uh, his brother and sister that are living, and to this day they claim that, that he was an innocent um uh in in all of this that he he was basically kidnapped and, and forced to do this mm-hmm. um which i mean I, from the sounds of it that could be likely yeah there's there's no there's no 100% solid evidence that that he that he wasn't 
I, I think he was conned. I think he, mm-hmm. in my opinion, just from what I've read, from what I've, what I've watched, um, I do think, I think he was conned. I think he thought he was going to get some money. Things mm-hmm. would be a little easier. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, that would make sense. And that the bomb was not real until it started ticking yeah, yeah, because especially, like, with his behavior, like, that would make a lot of sense that, like, maybe they told him that they were going to give him some of the money and for doing this and yeah, and that the bomb wasn't real and that sort of deal. After... Because f- he was the only one that, like, wasn't the uber intellectual right. type, right? right? He, yeah. he was, the was not that Joe. smart. Um, very much so, and pr- pretty much introvert. I mean... Probably was really easy to a pizza manipulate. delivery man for thirty years, so not a, a lot of ambition. Probably, you know. Mm-hmm, I mean, he was mm-hmm. he was comfortable in his routine in his life, and and he right. had what he needed and wanted. I mean, there's and there's nothing wrong with with that. I mean, no. I mean, if you're happy that way, then go for it. You know, as long yeah. as you're not harming anybody. Right. So. Like, we, um, the world needs pizza delivery people, you know? Yeah. And, and, but how can someone who leads a more simple, like, it's so messed up in a, in this convoluted Yeah. Plot. Or, you know, maybe they could have, like, threatened to, like, turn him in for a solicitation of prostitution. That's true. And, you know, that was never, ever mentioned um, as an angle throughout this. But that, I mean, that I would think that that could be, um, They you know. did interview the prostitute um, after she, she was in jail or something. When she got out, she finally did grant an interview to um, the reporter that had been... Uh, communicating with with Marjorie mm-hmm. for all these years mm-hmm. and um, she she said that she said she she wouldn't call it that he lo- that she loved Brian but there were strong feelings there and mm-hmm. that one of her biggest regrets was introducing him to these other mm. parties so there is like I said whether he was the when the music stopped there wasn't a chair and right he had a bomb strapped around his neck i mean yeah you know yeah, yeah. but it, it's it, there's the, there's so many it was this, this case was so it's like so convoluted like there's it so, is there's so many facets yeah um out there it's definitely and definitely kind of like a spider web going on it it really is it really was and um, you know, I don't, I feel bad for Brian Wells' brother and sister that are still living and, um, you know, trying to defend their brother and, um. Right, because, I mean, otherwise he seemed, you know, he was relatively a productive member of society like it didn't really get into trouble it didn't sound like no i i mean I, from what i understand the the worst the worst thing he did was i mean he did frequent prostitutes and he would buy crack cocaine to pay for their services because that's what they wanted 
is that yeah, I mean that's not the greatest of things. Not a hundred percent kosher. No, but um, I mean, <laughs> in comparison to the rest of the group, though, you know, d- d- didn't didn't uh, it wasn't considered a, a black widow because she, killing so many <laughs> boyfriends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and then like Rossing, really, I I truly believe that his whole thing was. He thought he was so superior, so smart that he could do this and get away with it and then just sit back and laugh, you know, for the remaining of his of his time, which wasn't that much. That's so crazy. Yeah, because, I mean, even if he did, even if it ended up not working, like, he would only, he, he'd be in jail until he died, which wasn't, right. again, wasn't that long. But in, in hindsight, then, they were able to go through his house again um, because after his death, you know, then, then it was brought in that mm-hmm. that yes he was involved and they actually found like so inside the bomb um had two kitchen timers in it okay and they actually in all of his his hoarding and his paperwork they found his plans he kept his plans he kept he kept his uh blueprint basically Dude. for it Dude. Like, I know um, you're a hoarder and you probably can't Marjorie help it. Marjorie did like, confess to, to buy, purchasing the timers, but she didn't know what they were for. Oh, of course not. And then, clueless. And then um, also in his, in his notes, um, th- uh, he, so he armed it with um, shotgun uh, powder that he had extracted out of. Oh. Yeah. And that, and, that's, and that was like the f- fuel or yeah. the, yeah, the fuel. Um, and then the back of the bomb was, it was scored. So it was supposed to, when the bomb went off, it was supposed to break into shrapnel. And that's how it was supposed to then, you know, penetrate into the wearer's body. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't scored quite enough that it just, it when it ex- exploded, it like bent um, oh. like, a, like a book, you know, uh-huh. closing in on itself. And then that, what would have been the spine of the book, like went into, into. Gotcha. And that's why he didn't die immediately. Right. Right. Oh man, that sucks. Um, anyways, it's, 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 it's a very, um, faceted multi-layer, uh, uh story. It took years to unravel. Yeah, I mean, um, that's crazy. She wasn't actually convicted until 2010, and that was eight years. Yeah, I was say, not until 2010? Yep, that's when they actually, it came to trial, and the trial. Um, wow. Yeah, so all that time to piece this this together, because. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> it is. It is. It's it's almost um uh I cheated and I listened to audiobooks. Um, <laughs> that's not cheating. But but all but on on some of it at some levels you just kind of like had to stop like yeah, it was just so much. I got to take a break from this, you know, because it's 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 so like bizarre to because, like, to, to, like, Marjorie and, like, these people, like, it's 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 almost like playing the game mm-hmm. to them. Like, yes. There's, like, oh, I'm just, I'm going to move this piece here and see what it does. And, and for, but, like, you know, for people like you and me, like, we're just, like, you're 
like messing with people's lives like you're killing people like this is affecting other people outside of yourself like but that that's the the narcissism the narcissism is that all that doesn't matter as no. long as you get what you want and you you and have convinced yourself that you are entitled to god that's so crazy you know um, so note to self, I'm not worth $1.8 million. Oh, oh dang it. I, should I call off the hitman? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Sorry, Steven. No. <laughs> 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 um, but, yeah, pretty, pretty damn crazy. Yeah, man, that's gnarly. Well, I think that is going to wrap it up for this episode. All right. Yeah, be sure to uh, go follow us on Instagram at uh, Booze and Bloodshed. Um, we will be posting uh, relevant photos and whatnot for each case on there. So if you want to go see that and check it out, be sure to give that page a follow. Um, yeah, we'll be back at you next week with another another story. And another cocktail. And another cocktail. All right, have a great week, y'all, and uh, we'll catch you later. See you next week. Bye.